just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. My name's Rob K. I'm here with Callie Alpert. What's up, Callie? Good evening. How you doing? <laughs> I'm just thinking about the conversation I know. we were having if, before we went What we're going to try and do is do like the best of outtakes before and after the show or even commercial breaks because the conversation is very interesting. Tonight, we were talking about a bunch of salacious things. Yes, we were. And we still can. We absolutely can. Maybe it'll come up in the rest of the show. So... Welcome to another episode. Welcome to everybody around the world. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 877-480-4120. And yeah, Callie, how you doing? How you been? I'm doing. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. It's a beautiful day here in on the East Coast. I was going to say New York City, but I don't live I didn't spend any time today in New York City. Took a nice long bike ride this afternoon. Tried to just sort of get a little hit of nature and some exercise. It's beautiful. Good. Yeah, it feels like fall. It's like we went from the 90-degree weather down to like 80s, 70s, 60s in the night. I love it. You know, football started, playoffs and baseball, U.S. Open just wrapped up. Everything's good, you know? I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. I know. About. You're thinking sports. Now, my dad, who's a big, huge, huge sports junkie, I mean, I've told you, I need to fix you guys up, actually, for just to have like a little bit of enjoyment with your sports. Yeah. So that's how I know what's going on. So I'm actually savvier than I let on to with you. Yeah, guys with the first couple of weeks of football, it's like just awesome. Like it's a new so girlfriend. Exciting. Yeah, it's just something that we look forward to all year round. So it's it's really great. So, yeah, welcome to another episode of the show. We got Sam on the board tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about choosing an artist's path or living the life of an artist. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about creativity on the show before, but we never had a show dedicated to actually being an artist. And um, for me, it started young. You know, I started drawing when I was a very little kid. And I went to art lessons after school when I was in middle school with Mrs. Perlmutter in Terrytown. I loved it. Shout out. Uh, hey, 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 hey. What's up, Mrs. Perlmutter? <laughs> um, we used to go to her basement, and I remember the girls like doing songs at the end of the class, like dancing to disco songs, you know, like dances they would make up to entertain all the kids. It was, it was great. Um, but I always loved art. I always loved creativity. Um, I was just a naturally very creative little kid. And, um, and then when I got to high school, that's when I really realized a couple of things. One, I didn't know I could sing till then. And I remember I was in chorus and I was auditioning for the lead in one of the songs we were doing. And I opened up my mouth and started singing. And this girl, <laughs> Stacy, turned around and she looked at me like, Oh my God, I can believe you can sing like that. I had no idea I could sing until she looked at me like that. And Did then, you use it as an opportunity to ask her out? I didn't. She was actually going out with like the star of all the shows in the school. <laughs> You're a just an understudy. Yeah, Andy, and he went on to Broadway. I saw him in Les Mis uh. years ago. I mean, he did really well. So, um, And then I remember we were doing Pippin. And that's when I realized oh. that I really loved being an artist and performing. And we were singing Morning Glow. And we hit some notes in Morning Glow and the unison of all, all the people in the chorus singing, I got <laughs> chills and I thought to myself, this is what I want to do. I want to be an actor. I want to be a singer. And things didn't turn out that way. <laughs> I was like, how's that going for <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, you know, I sort of did a detour, you know. High shower. <laughs> singing, high sh singing in the shower. Yeah, yeah, that's about where. Well, actually, no, I, I talked lately. <laughs> I think the last episode, I'm thinking of getting a guitar again and yeah, yeah. starting to write songs again. I'm always singing in my apartment, so I'm, I'm getting back to it like that. But, um, but yeah, I just have always loved that artistic side to me. I practice the artist way, morning pages and artist dates and getting in touch with that little artist in us. So I love that stuff. What about you? What's your history being an artist? <laughs> well, thanks for asking. It's of like, course. <laughs> you did that with such, that was so like fervent, though you pointed to me and just asked me that question. I'm like, wait, who else could he be asking? Um, I, you know, I come from a very, very artistic lineage. I mean, even as far back as like my ancestors, you know, 
two and three generations ago that were concert pianists in Russia. Um, and, you know, my mom is a painter. My sister's a painter. My dad's the straight guy in the family. My dad, actually, I've, I've learned as, as I've gotten older, um, was probably more keen on like um, more like mechanical drawing, which before computers people knew what that meant but more architectural and geometric oriented things yeah and then you know so i grew up with you know music and singing and dancing and i was big into theater arts when i was a kid um and well into high school acting and singing and you know my mom was an art teacher so um she was having art classes in the you know she was sometimes my substitute art teacher while i was a kid in school which is funny because i could never just call her mom i think i had to call her like mrs alpert or something some <laughs> formality of the 70s <laughs> 1970s, but I remember there was some issue there. Um, and then um, I taught art classes to the kids in the neighborhood. I, um, you know, I was always, we took painting classes. My sister and my sister's a really, really talented artist, painter and a graphic artist by trade. Um, and so. Yeah, shout uh, out to Carla. She did the logo for our show. Oh, yeah, she did. Thanks to see. Yes. Shout out to you. Um, she's very shy, so she'll be pissed at us for doing that, but whatever. Um, so her phone number is, <laughs> do, do you have a pen ready? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very much around me. And like I said, as a kid, I was really, I, I was a real dancing machine. So I was a kid who was on every dance floor, no matter where we went. And this was coming up in the seventies. So I was even a, you know, self-admitted disco queen and I'd be, you know, we'd go out to brunch somewhere and there'd be music playing. I'd be the only one on the dance floor. Very vivid memories of like being four and six years old, completely unabashedly open and free about all of that you know and then when I got older like in grammar school and in high school I started trying out for um uh for theater didn't know I had a good voice I actually know that I have a good singing voice now I didn't at the time and I think it was I don't even know that it was that good back then and I often didn't get those roles yeah and I'm not sure whatever came out was that was that strong yeah um so something happened for me as I got older where my my musical talents got more well honed um, you know, and I've been in a little bit like some bands, just sort of peripherally, nothing too formal. Um, but oh, yeah. those are the groupies outside. They're still following you <laughs> around. <laughs> you know, supp- I was, you know, I was trying to be modest about that. Right. But thanks for giving me some props. Sure. Um, yeah, it's like at the end of our radio show, it's almost when the Broadway show's over and everyone's waiting outside There's and the one, door swings open. No, There's one guy waiting I know, for I know, he's always standing there. He's like, are you done? <laughs> we wish that one guy was standing outside. <laughs> Wait, are you done yet? Have you stopped talking yet? Um, but the point is, is that I grew up with that. I never really thought about doing it as an adult. Um, we'll get into this once we introduce our guests and get deeper into this, um, this topic tonight. But I didn't really, as a child, think about it in a professional way. It It just was. It was just around us, and it's just what we did. Mine started to um, lessen when I got into high school, and I discovered boys and pot. And then I kind of checked out from a lot of it, and I wasn't that, not that I was a big pothead, but I was, you're supposed to laugh at that, by the way. But but I... um, Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cue the... Cue the laugh track. We're going to get a laugh track um, for this show. But I, I, you know, I got distracted, obviously, by being a teenager, and I wasn't as engaged in all that. And so, you know, we'll get to the rest of it um, after we, you know, get deeper into our show. But it was, um, it was just in my, in my blood. Yeah. And what a beautiful, important outlet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to talk about a lot of different aspects, making a living as, as an artist, and if not making a living, just honoring the artist within you, you know. Um, I just wanted to say, growing up, I was so grateful that my parents always had music playing. And I remember my mom took me and my brother to Frank Sinatra to see him at Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Mm. And she told us, you're going to tell your grandkids about this. And, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to have grandkids <laughs> at this point, but I definitely tell people about it. So, yeah, just love having music on around any art is good yes so let's get to our next guest in the real interesting people yes, series let's. tonight we have a friend on the show and it's shirley shallot shirley shallot is an award-winning director writer and actor she's the associate artistic director of the barefoot theater company a member of the actors studio playwrights and directors unit 
and is on faculty at Columbia University and NYU. Welcome to the show, Shirley. Welcome. Thank you. Yay. Thank you Welcome to the show. Nice to have you and your cute South African accent. <laughs> Thank you. It's a mix, a weird kind of a mix of an accent, but uh, here I am. Happy to be here. It's great. You know, we may have South Africa listening tonight. So, you know, wow. who knows? We have lots of continents that check in on the show. So welcome to the show. And it's so great to have you on the show because you have so much experience your whole life being an artist. And maybe you can just start talking about for you when you realized that you really loved being an artist. Thinking back, it really started actually in nursery school. Um, And it's interesting what you were saying about how it's in the family. My late grandfather was a director and a teacher and an actor Mm. back in Eastern Europe. And I really do believe it's in the genes, like how you were saying with me, it's definitely that. But what what hit me was in nursery school, um, my late grandmother was my teacher at nursery school. Mm. And they were doing a little sing-along for the families, and um, they needed somebody to, the song was um, Molly Malone, the Irish song, Sweet Molly Malone. And they were like, we need a Molly, we need somebody to be the Molly, and somehow I was picked. <laughs> and I remember singing the chorus, you know, crying cockles and muscles alive, alive, oh. And all the parents sitting there, and literally it was as if I was hit with a lightning mm. bolt. And that moment of realizing, <laughs> like, this is it. I think I must have been four. And it was like, this is it. Here it is. The lightning bolt hit me in the tiny little nursery school. And, it, you know, that was it. So it hit me very young, and I knew from that moment this is what I wanted to do. It was in my blood, and I was very, very focused. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and then I auditioned for a professional production. The, I was, that was in South Africa. I was born in South Africa, as you said. And um, I auditioned for a professional production, like their equivalent of Broadway, of The Sound of Music, and I was 10, and, um, you know, they had mass auditions of all the kids, and my dad took me, and I auditioned, and I got call back and call back and call back, and I got cast, and they had, they, they have laws in South Africa where you kids can't go on every night, as I'm sure they have here, and no, so they no. have the, no. <laughs> here they don't care, they don't care about blacks. kids here, yeah. Well, they had the blonde cast and the brunette <laughs> cast, and you know they had three different hair color cast, and I was the brunette cast, and we did that show for like a year and a half, <laughs> like you know wow. every, you know just like really know that show, yeah. I'll never forget any of the words of that show, <laughs> but that was my first professional experience, and I learned a lot about you know discipline and not missing cues and having to. You know, really show up in this beautiful, huge theater, His Majesty's Theater in South Africa. And it was really a huge, amazing experience and a huge lesson in terms of being an artist. They didn't care if you were a kid. I once missed, I was late to come on stage once. And I remember the director called me aside and said that you can't, like, you're a professional. I don't care if you're 10. Yeah. You show up, you're a professional, you in the queue, you're waiting there, you're on stage on time. And I think I'd run to the bathroom or something. I don't know what happened. But, you know, you learn a lot of lessons very young. So that was my background in terms of very early realizing what I wanted to do and having these opportunities. Yeah. And learning the lessons at a very young age. Mm. Yeah. Was, yeah. It su- was it supported, though, in your family? And just quickly, and then we'll continue after the break. Did you, um, you know, you turn to your parents when you're four and then 10 years old, it gets validated that this is what you want to do. Did you have that support or were they worried? What was really interesting, I had a balance. You know, neither of my parents are in the arts. My dad's a doctor, my mom's a teacher. So I, and and my dad was like, took me to the auditions, and my mom was like, this kid's going to have a normal background Ah. and, you know, school. So I had a very good balance Mm. with both my mom and my Mm -hmm. dad who who were keeping me grounded. Mm -hmm. And I think that was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So we're going to hear more about Shirley's story when Mm -hmm. we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Great. And well, oh, just a, a voice, a, a word of encouragement to our lovely guest. So I think <laughs> a little whisper there. Uh, welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. Um, we are talking with our friend Cheryl Lee. And um, if you'd like to join the conversation, it's 877-480-4120. We're talking about the life of an artist, the artist's way, if we can steal from Julia Cameron, Cam, Cameron right? Am I butchering yeah, her Cameron, name? It's yeah. been a while since I've looked at the, that, that book. Um, before the break, we were talking about just 
the support system that one has, you know, when you're coming up and you know that early on in your life that this is the path that you want to follow and it sounds like you had that support I'm always fascinated by people that are clear on that really early on that always kind of that that to me is such an amazing gift when you know that young that there's something that you want to do did you ever question it or you always knew I never questioned it and I do think it is a gift Um, I think a lot of people don't know and you can find it whenever yeah Um, I never wavered I never said you know the only thing that i moved I moved within was I moved from acting to directing but that was the most movement that I had I never said I want to go and become a doctor or I want to go and you know study science I didn't have the math genes never got math and science genes but yeah know. me neither yeah <laughs> I was just thinking yesterday I got out of like calculus senior year I didn't even attempt to do it oh please. pre-calc was so hard I'm like there's no way I'm gonna even try calculus I don't think I even did pre-calc <laughs> I think I did geometry and that was like oh hell no you know? can I take English twice <laughs> and I have like a little known secret that even I forget about myself and you know me well enough to know yeah. this is like you, you don't know I actually was really good at math and calc wow. and, and science and human biology and trigonometry and all I have no idea why mm. um, or how that worked uh, yeah. you know, I guess my brain was more balanced than I give it credit for but yeah, yeah. still don't know how to apply it too much but Wow. That's right. That's what we make calculators for. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> abacuses. I'm more of an abacus <laughs> yeah. girl. But I, I, still, I still count story. on my fingers. I <laughs> carry the two, add the five. Yeah. <laughs> I do that in the air, actually. I do do math in the air, and it works for me. But we digress. That yes. always works. Yes. So as far as you get into directing, and I think, you know, maybe something that we want to talk about on today's show is keeping your integrity along the path that you're on, not selling out, mm-hmm. uh, being true to who you are as an artist. And so it sounds like for you, that was staying on the path of being an artist and acting, but moving more into the director's chair. Yeah, well, what happened was my family immigrated from South Africa when I was 12. So I was having this fabulous career, the height of my career as an actress at 12. We moved to Texas people are like we don't know what you are they couldn't they just couldn't <laughs> figure out that they, they really it was like for me it was landing in another la- like a planet i felt i was on another planet but the arts really saved me once i started in the public schools in houston i really found the arts and theater saved me being in this country where i mean and a state where people were like are you from africa and you know tarzan and I, they just really asked me crazy questions and it was a those americans <laughs> flaunt their ignorance <laughs> yeah. as much well, as they can that's because history wasn't a part of the curriculum it's that's a lovely right. city i'm not dissing the city it was just a strange time and i was 12 right. so <laughs> so anyway the arts <laughs> saved me i started doing theater and i really again the arts is so important in schools you know it's amazing how it just gives you a place and I I really found again my people and my calling and my you know my 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 being Um, wherever it's like wherever you go you can you you know you've got you've got your community as an artist so that was really clear and evident to me yeah Um, in terms of as you said so so I continued acting and then went to college for acting and the big thing for me was in terms of find, being ha- having integrity, coming from another country, having a different accent, even though I used to do a lot of characters and could change other accents that were a lot easier to do other accents, I could never, I knew I'd never get cast as the American girl. I'd never get cast as that. And I loved directing. And I'd have people, you know, going to castings and they'd say, great, but what are you? Are you, we can't tell, what box can we put you in? We don't know what you are. And I got it. I was like, I'm not going to get the roles of the American, most of the roles are for an American girl. I'm not going to get that. I think it's easier now. I think there's way more opportunities for different roles and types, but hopefully at least they're working on it. Yeah. I think they are working on it and I think it's definitely gotten better. But I knew for me, I was like, I do not want to sit around waiting to fit into somebody else's vision because I'm not going to. So the integrity of that for me was I'm who I am. I love directing. Let me apply to one school and see what happens. And that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to apply to one school because huh. I went to NYU undergrad for acting. I said, I want to stay in New York. I absolutely love this city. It really is. I'm, I'm a New Yorker. That's what I feel I am. I really have lived here more than anywhere else in the world now. And I really feel like a New Yorker. And um, I said, I'm going to apply to Columbia to the film school and I'll see. let me see what happens. I'm going to apply as a director. And I got in. And then it was like, how 
my whole life I've been acting. Am I going to be able to make this transition? And luckily, I was uh, able to and very happy to do so and loved the whole experience there getting my master's. And um, so the integrity for me was that, in, in that. Yeah. And also lucky enough to know that I could, that I loved the directing and I, I loved what, you know, so I still was doing what I loved. That yeah. is what I'm saying. The only veering I did was within this great, you know, mm-hmm, capacity of art the arts, yeah. which just is my bliss. Yeah. You know, you reminded me, though, that when I was in high school and I was doing Pippin, I was going through a really tough time, which I've talked about on the show before. I was very depressed in high school. I was on steroids and heavy medication for arthritis at the time. I mean, I really had a tough time in high school. And that show saved my ass. Wow. And I used to look forward to rehearsals all the time to just be a part of the show. And at the same time, I've said on the show before that the drama people in my high school were called drama fags. And they weren't looked as people like cool and, you know, like football stars and people that were playing sports or cheerleaders or doing other things. They were sort of the outcasts who were the creative artists Mm -hmm. and sat at that lunch table in the lunchroom. And it's like I had a lot of different friends in high school. And I just remember that at the same time, I was so grateful to be a part of that. I was a little ashamed because I was like interacting with these people who weren't accepted or who were looked down upon or something like that. And I think that's something I had to learn and outgrow that. um, And I think these days it's so much more accepted to be who you are and to honor yourself. But that was a challenge for me. Yeah. No, I I even I remember. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. It it were they were in, in my high school as well. The misfits. Yeah. And um, and it was the first time I remember feeling really um, keenly aware of how much I fit into mm-hmm. a tribe. Yeah. So, again, it's that black sheep grazing together thing that I always, you know, that expression that I like mm. to yeah, use. It's because, you know, it's really the first time that I felt like I had found a sense of place. Well, there were that. a lot of things that I was doing. You know, besides, I was doing fine art. I was writing. I was singing. You know, mm. all kinds of things I was exposed to. It wasn't like I was... Um, focusing expressly on um, theater, you know, dramatic arts. Mm. But that was the first tribe, I think, that I can name. Yeah. That, I'm, that I consciously remember, you know, it, feeling a part power of. of powerful. community is yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, what's that quote? I forget, I'm going to butcher it a little mm. bit. There's some famous quote that the, um, like, the soul of a nation is, you know, is uh, reflected through its artists, Arts, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, to me, like, that is the sort of, that's the, the voice or heart and soul of any culture yeah. whether it's a high school or a country totally. or whatever yeah yeah but it sounds like you found that as well that this was your tribe this was totally. your community always has been always has been and even you know the hardest time like coming literally like you think of that like hitting puberty coming from another country moving to <laughs> literally having and, and coming from having a career where yeah. i yeah, literally was having lot. this wonderful career moving to texas and totally feeling like i have landed in another planet it felt like and then finding this community of misfits and outcasts and whatever and feeling like oh my god thank god i'm home mm. yeah i found my people yeah mm-hmm. you know that like you said with the pippin mm. yeah. exactly that story yeah yeah we talk about the island of broken toys you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you know we, we like, have passports to yeah, that, yeah citizenship i think definitely kind of, but that island i yeah. think it's it's very important though to talk about the artistry and the spirituality of it though yes. because when i was singing morning glow and i would hit oh. those notes and it would Can touch my soul no, i love that place. it was I just it was soul. um that entire play but the the, the <laughs> notes and you know all right i'm gonna try y'all. but yeah but it was the chorus notes in the background that would do it it was almost like angels singing and be like ah ah or something like that and i would do this and i got chills and and i didn't even know what was going on i was like 16 at the time and i was like i love this you know (laughs) and it's and i and i always grew up like loving music and dancing and singing all the stuff i talked about but this was different this was a calling this was my soul saying we want to do this. Yeah. Listen to your, it, it was my intuition. That's, That's what it, it was. And it was, I think one of the first times in my life that I listened to my intuition. Wow. And I always say like, I, I talk to my students a lot and I say, your, inst- your intuition, your gut instinct is your talent. Mm. That's yeah. a big part of your talent. Because you talk, a lot of people talk about talent. What, what is talent? Talent is a huge part of your talent is your gut instincts. Why did you make that choice? Why did, you know, what's that nuance? What's that subtext? It's your instincts. Yeah. If you are not listening to your instincts, what do you have? Do you yeah. know? So you, you could even trace that back separate from when you're inside your art. 
if you trace it back to even finding your art in the first place, what's your inner voice yep. calling out for you to do, yep. right? It's on more of a macro level. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you find that, you, it sounds like you can still sort of enlist that every day for whatever it is that you're creating, yeah. every moment that you're creating. It just made me think of I, how important, you know, teachers are. I remember when I was really young and I, I was doing, I was painting. I think I must have been, again, nursery school. And I painted, I still have the painting in my apartment in New York City. Thank you to my parents who kept it. And I painted a tree and I painted the tree red. The whole tree was red. And I remember that the teacher said, good job. <laughs> I love that you painted the tree red. Now, some other teacher might have said, right. no, That's it's a wrong. brown, the bottom and the leaves are green. And I painted it red and the teacher said good job that was my gut instinct coming up with some wild tree color and I still have that painting and it's in my apartment now and the power of a teacher to encourage Mm. creativity and gut instinct and choices you know that really I think I think about it now many many years later I'm not going to say how many years later but many years later (laughs) and you know that I still have that painting which is a great example of making creative choices at a very young age and 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 giving permission. One of the big things I think for me as I see as a director, as a teacher, is giving permission to actors, you know, to artists to say, go, like, give, try. Yeah. Go for it. Not to squelch down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's something I think you have to be lucky enough to, or it helps to be exposed to that when you're young because that's when yeah. that stuff gets formed. Um, I'd like to, well, we can continue this after the break, but I'd like to revisit the idea of integrity too when it comes to when you get older and you need, and you're an artist, but you need to make money. Yes. <clears throat> That's just a nice little quick topic just sure. to stick in here right before we have to go to commercial break, but let's plant the seed, right? I mean, that's, is that something that you can relate to in terms I, of the choices you make and I how can. much integrity you can maintain? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about artistry and cha-ching when we get back <laughs> <laughs> morning glow i want you to see you're listening to the talking alternative network So we, uh, yeah, we were singing Morning Glow during the break, and it was great. I haven't sung that in years. Oh, oh my, my gosh. One of my old time Next favorites. break, I'm singing. I'm going to sing one to you guys. That is so great. So I'm um, going to be Ben, um, ben Vereen. That's who I'm going to be. Oh, he was great. Oh, my gosh. We'll sing Magic to Do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's another great <laughs> tune. All right. So sing. we're going to do a whole Pippin show. <laughs> Shirley will be back for that. So tonight we're talking about the life of an artist choosing an artist's path. And we're up to the point where we're talking about, well, what if you're trying to make a living as an artist? Like I tried to make a living as a voiceover actor and I really put my heart and soul into it. It didn't work out the way I thought. I think part of the reason was there was a part of me that didn't really want to make a living doing commercials for McDonald's all the time. I kind of wanted to use my voice in a different way, but I still use my career. Which is why you turned that commercial down, that national I did. I was like, you know what? I don't even eat at McDonald's anymore. (laughs) I don't don't want six figures from you guys. Um, But, you know, we talk about even this show, the way we started this show and the fact that we use our artistry on the show, our creativity, even the way we come up with titles for the show. We put a lot of our imagination into the show. And that's one way that that we do it. We're not making a living off of it yet, but that is the, the word goal. Yet. That's the key word. Yet. That's right. That's Spiritually right. very rich from the show. Oh, it's that's beautiful. Right. I very love rich. this idea that you guys are doing. I think this has got great potential Thank to you. go wide. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Opening. Put wide. it in the universe, people. Rolling it out. Put it out. That's Put it out there. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So maybe you can talk to that. Like as far as making a living, being an artist. Well, first, let me just say, I'm very, very grateful that I get to do what I love every day. I love teaching. I teach almost every day. I'm teaching. Um, and, And I love teaching. I really, really love teaching. Yeah. So not everybody does. I've been teaching about 15 years. Mm. Um, and I teach all different versions of the things that I love. I teach directing actors. I teach performance strategies, rehearsal techniques. I teach all the things that I love to do. So, you know, that's a, that's a plus. And, um, 
and I've been doing it consistently and I've been, you know, some of the classes initially that I taught weren't maybe the exact things I wanted to do, but I kept doing it. I just kept doing it and kept doing it and have grown as a teacher and have got, I get so much inspiration from students. So I just want to say that. I think that there are a lot of artists I know who teach, who, you know, that, that, who, who love it. And um, if you can get that, it's great. You're not going to make, you're not going to get rich from it. You know, no, none of us are getting rich from that. Um, I direct a lot of different things. I do workshops. I, there's a lot of different things happening. I'm try, I coach. I coach actors on auditions. Mm-hmm. I just started doing some corporate um, training, which I'd never done before, which is a whole other thing, which I really enjoyed too. You know, like sort of, um, I worked with somebody who did a TED Talk and I coached that. And I'm trying to open up that part of my business. There's um, so much acting in the business yeah. world. <laughs> That's all the salary we can pay you. Yeah, no, it's true. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is it true. Is. And, and even if they're not acting, just, you know, somebody that I just worked with who just needed help feeling more comfortable in their mm-hmm. own skin. Yeah. And there's a lot of tools that you can take just from basic acting. I've taught a lot of acting classes, too. I really enjoyed. She was smart. She was savvy. She picked stuff up fast. And guess what? They got a lot more money than, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> than I've been paid in other areas. So that's a whole other arena that I'm looking into. But, you know, the will, I think the key is the willingness to, like you said, there's integrity. I, I'm lucky that I'm not having to do things that are so far out of my realm. Mm-hmm. I remember there were days where it's like I would have never thought of doing things in the corporate world because I'm an artist. Well, guess what? You've got to pay the bills. Yeah. yeah. So the willingness, um, you know, I think you have to set your boundaries, but also the willingness. And as you get older, I feel very grateful. There's a lot of people I went to school with who are not doing this anymore. And yeah. I understand why, you right. know. Um, so what do you say to those people? Because that's, you know, I mean, this, the, the um, <clears throat> pardon me, that money, uh, you know, that, that conundrum of trying to stick by your guns if you're, if you feel like your soul is calling out for whatever art form and that's what you want to do. I have so many friends that are really talented writers, novelists, musicians that have that where that has not become their day job yet right. and well into their 40s and 50s and 60s sometimes. So it's always that painful thing about when do I let go of it? When do I not? You know, some people would hearken back to like that. Um, the book, uh, you know, do what you love. The money will follow, which mm-hmm. on some level, I believe, because you you know, if you keep sort of putting energy toward whatever you're yeah. passionate about, how can it not oh, is, happen? Is that the one you keep throwing out your window? <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, this is burning. such bullshit. <laughs> oh, I got to go get well, it again. I, well, and I, and, and well, I, yeah, I'd like to hear. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 let me say this. Like I'm hardly making the money I want to be making. You know what I mean? I, it's but not about how much, though. That's right. For the but for me, I'm just so grateful, and I and and the word that I'm going to add, which is what you'd said. Yet I'm not making the money I want to be making yet. Yeah. And but I'm f- very fulfilled creatively. I feel unbelievably grateful to be able to do what I love. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who don't work right their day job in this field. Right. What, um, do, you, what do you say to them? Well, I I still see people, friends of mine, who have creative outlets. At night, they have their playwriting mm-hmm. class that they go to once to once right. a week. They're working in a real estate job, or they're they're you know doing other different things. They're masseuse, they're whatever they're doing, and they still have outlets. They're doing an acting class. They're doing a, a workshop once a week. They have a theater company that they work with, you know, and that they have a community and they have some outlet where they're being creative. Mm-hmm. Do you know you can get together with friends and do a reading in your in your living room of your new play. And the, the, the amazing thing is once you have that mentality that you can, you know, self-generated work. And mm-hmm. one of the things that, I, I, you know, I've, I've been involved with a lot of different um, groups and, you know, the Labyrinth Theatre Company and Barefoot Theatre Company. And, these, and I've learned so much from all these different places of self-generating your own work. If you sit around waiting, yeah. nothing's going to happen. Well, and, and you I know, think just, uh, you're lucky if something happens, but generate your own work. 
I think that's one of the main keys is persistence and self-empowerment. Yes. Because for me, I got tired of waiting for casting people to cast me in commercials. And that's when I decided to create my own life coaching album. It was a voiceover project for me to try and help people and make money. I was like, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. And, and this show, right? Didn't well, you guys and I was, create the show? I, I was going to say, like, this show is such a great example because it's about Callie, Callie and I forging forward in our own lives, in separate paths, and then eventually deciding on this project to try and keep the artistry going yes. and try and make a living at it. Yeah, and I often do refer to this when I'm talking about it or someone says, so are you making money at it yet? I say, no, not yet, but this is like our painting. Yeah. You know, yeah. like anybody would have their sidebar art project or hobby this is that for or at least it's one of them for us and it's the one that we're putting a lot of attention and intention toward you know um you know but i think of me now this is where i struggle with the art versus commerce conundrum as we've always called it right you know i've been by trade a television producer for decades and i consider myself i have an artist soul you know and um but my jobs have been very mainstream jobs, and there have been plenty of them where inside of them, especially in the earlier years, where I didn't have, I won't say I didn't have enough integrity, I didn't have enough confidence, and probably I had uh, a fear of lack and a fear of paying my bills that I thought I just had to take any job that I could inside the industry mm. to survive and pay my bills. Once I got lucky enough to have bosses and some mentors that actually brought out the artist in me, I was creating art inside of these mainstream television shows, which in and of itself is a pretty rare special wow. thing to do. And then the more you sort of get integrated with yourself and believe that you can do it and have the right support system, that starts perpetuating. Yeah. And then I created sort of a career and a reputation out of being able to create beautiful video inside of shows where art wouldn't be the first word you would use. Mm -hmm. And even along the way, still having sort of creative, you know, quote unquote arguments with other people who were voices inside of the overall production that wanted something to be more sensationalistic and I wanted it to be more soulful. So I can't say that I'm still reconciled with, you know, I've had little pieces of it and little bits and, you know, little teases. Well, um, but I still don't know where I sit with all of this because it really depends on the gig. And when you need to work, you need to yeah. work and you can't be that pure. So mm-hmm. I guess my rhetorical question is, what's integrity? <laughs> I was just you know? thinking, yeah. hello, Time Warner Cable. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm an artist. Right? <laughs> well, I think you bring up a good point. Which I did a commercial <laughs> for them once, too. Oh, I did, did produce you? for them. Yes. And it's actually very artistic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no, but like, you know, everybody has to define it for themselves. I don't think there's like one in you know one form of integrity you know what I mean like like you said like at one point you didn't want to do McDonald's ad if somebody came to you now Rob and said (laughs) we want your golden your dulcet toned voice to do it what would you say now (laughs) I to be I mean I'm going to be honest with you I I I've I, th- I would have to think about it a little bit okay. because I don't I don't eat McDonald's and I, I don't know if I'd want to push their quarter product. of a million, babe. Well, all right. So <laughs> yeah, where where do, where do I sign Everyone's up? Got a Wait, price. do you have Everyone a contract a on you? Let's talk about this. A big na- international commercial. I'm just saying, everybody's yeah. you know everybody's got to come to it for themselves. Yeah, that's right. It's important when to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, there are genres of film that I will not direct. I will not. What about that porno film? <laughs> wait, wait, know? wait. I heard about <laughs> this. They <laughs> offered you boogie nights, and you're like, although that you were in love with Mark Wahlberg, you just couldn't do it. <laughs> I would have done boogie nights in a heartbeat, but it's a great film. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody has to have their boundaries, and everybody has to come up with what is integrity mean for them yeah and what does selling out mean and you know it's tough it's really tough it's tough i'm not saying it's easy i i'm i think it's very very tough i think that's why there's so much so much fallout like mm-hmm. if you know they told us when we came to nyu it's sort of like the it's a it's a it's a triangle it's a pyramid there's a ton of teen you know 18 year olds 20s and 30s it's the and actors just fall off the third you know 40s mm-hmm. 50s and as you know people just start falling out mm-hmm. of the business and it's really true and i see it and um it's easier to start when you're 20 when you're 20s than when you're in your 40s and adulthood and responsibility right. hit it's harder well and that's something that i think i brought up to shirley when we were talking before the show about you know this term a struggling artist why can't it be a thriving artist yes why is it that. in culture <laughs> that we always repeat this over well you're going to be a struggle do you want to be a struggling artist Start no i want to be a thriving <laughs> artist you know and i want to do something i love and thrive at it yeah 
But the other thing is, I wanted to talk about something that Shirley mentioned to me, which is the inner critic and dealing with that inner critic. Maybe you can speak to this more. I think that's because that's a great point. Like, you know, life of an artist or picking the artist's path. I mean, to me, a big part of that is also dealing with perfectionism, the inner critic, that inner gremlin that, you know, is part of perfectionism for me, at least. And um, how do you deal with that? And I know with me. I had a big thing to overcome, which was like writing screenplay. I'd write 75 pages. Oh, this is my first draft. Delete. I'd write another 50 pages. Delete. I, it just wasn't good enough. And I literally was doing that until one of my teachers, again, how teachers can play such a big part in our lives, said to me, you, you have to have a first draft. A first draft is not going to be good. It's a first draft. <laughs> you have to have something to build on. And I tell this to my students a lot because it was like a huge aha moment for me. Um, that inner critic that is saying, to, you know, that is telling me that, that, you know, and I've got a loud one, you know, and there's a great book called Taming Your Gremlin about the inner gremlin that's telling you it's shit, it's terrible, it's awful, da da da, it's not good enough. And I think we all have one. I, I did an exercise in some, you know, a group, a creative group project once, which was like draw the inner gremlin, and mine was real ugly. Mine was loud, like? and oh, she was like, ah! yeah. and I said, give a name, and she was like a fierce, loud, you know. That the the positive side of that is the work, you know, you hope the work is going to be amazing. And the negative side is there's a paralysis that can happen because it's never going to be good enough. And I think to deal with that, you have to have some kind of a spiritual outlet or a way to calm yourself. Like you were saying at one point, you were saying, like, how do you deal with this? And I think it's I don't care if it's meditation. Like for me, sometimes it's meditation. It's talking to other artists. It's good is good enough which I never believed because I wanted to be brilliant or who you know or delete in my mind as a perfectionist um I've had to work very hard on having that draft not be very good and say I'm going to rewrite and I can tell that to my friends students other writers I love working with other writers and and of course I can give those notes to other writers I love developing new work but for myself it's still a huge struggle and yeah. it's practicing, totally. isn't it? It's like a it's totally. like a practice, and it's totally. sort of like I want to learn the guitar today. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a lot a lot of times why I've given up on the guitar yeah. because I got frustrated with the fact that it's practicing and progressing yes. and getting better yes. at it. You know. So we're going to head to break. When we come back, we're going to have some takeaways, some advice from Shirley, maybe to that sixteen-year-old kid that's in high school wants <laughs> to be an actor, and we'll talk about that when we get back. Great. And welcome back to the Robin Callie Show. We are talking with our friend, director, actor, teacher, extraordinaire, Cheryl Lee. Um, if you'd like to join us, call in with any questions, comments, the number is 877-480-4120. And I should say we're talking about the life of an artist. So I think in our um, before we get to some takeaways and maybe some um, constructive suggestions for our listeners, we were talking during the break about the idea of self-generating, creating our own outlets for ourselves. This is some. This is a big topic for me too because um, I feel like generationally, I, I and I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. I think it's fair attribution. Generationally, I feel like somewhere I missed the boat of creating my perfect out, like my perfect outlet for myself because I was more caught up in the practicality of things. So I was always kind of in a no man's land between, you know, entering the workforce like, like I did in the mid eighties when it was a very specific zeitgeist. And it wasn't for me about, you know, I wasn't taught like go make your own television show or your own interview show and go sleep on people's couches and figure it out. It was like, you get a job, you take internships, you do what you can, you move out of the house, you pay the rent, you know, and I was, Um, And there's a lot of value to that. I think what I missed along the way was having, and I'm a real self-starter. I'm I'm very tireless in terms of self-starting on a lot of levels. But when it comes to figuring out my own sort of um, painting, as it were, quote unquote, um, what my art form is, I'm a little delayed in that. And now Sam, during the break, brings up a good point. Things have come full circle and it's such a DIY or do-it-yourself mentality that 
you know, kids like young adults are entering their creative and adult life with that they have more of the balls, frankly. Yeah. Um, and it's just a natural part of their DNA. You just go do it yourself. Go make it and someone's going to react to it. And if they don't, you'll do something that they do. Yeah. So now I feel like I'm personally trying to go backwards a little bit in my own trage- trajectory to catch up to that sort of thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. And create my own yeah. outlet. It's also as an interviewer, which is really probably my you know, one of my biggest um, and most favorite art forms, you know, um, that isn't something you can really wait for people to hand you because there's so few opportunities like that. So I am right now in the process of separate from our podcast, creating a platform for myself where I can do that. Um, So that's a long winded sort of preface to the question I'd like to pose to you, which is, you know, where do you think that that sits? How how imperative is it that somebody creates it for themselves versus looking around for an artistic position that already exists somewhere? I mean, I think it's unbelievably imperative. I, I, very, very few people get things handed to them, you know. Um, I mean, you can read them <laughs> online. There's like the one in, a, literally one in a million. Yeah. This is the best time for, you know, making your own films that's the never been easier to make your own films that said it's really hard to make a film that works you know yeah, the films on iphone it still has to be good it's really hard <laughs> you know the shuffle there are films being made on iphones and there's those out there um that that work and then there's those that don't work so it's really hard to make a good film it's really hard to make a good web series. It's the easiest it's ever been because of the, you know, everybody's got the, their iPhone and they've got the edit, you know, you can edit easily. And um, so it's, it, and, you know, plays or the, the, there's a platform, YouTube, etc. So, I mean, I think it's like if you want to be creative, the time has never been better. Yeah, the playing field is even. It doesn't, right? You can, nobody needs to afford the resources yeah. or the schooling. It's a very egalitarian sort of opportunistic yeah. field now. Things yeah. going viral, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. cast yourself, you yeah. know. <laughs> so if you could meet yourself mm-hmm. back when you were, how old were you when you got to the city? 18? Oh, when I got here to NYU, I was 18. Yeah. Okay, so if you could talk to that young woman, what wow. would you say to her? I would have said, be more ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of me that was like, yeah, the work will just speak for itself. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, the work was speaking for itself. I, you know, but like, <laughs> you still got to do more than that. And. Yeah. You know, I, f- what was really amazing for me is I won a Presidential Scholar Award in my senior year in high school as mm. an immigrant, and my whole family went to the White House, and I won this award f- as, as an actor, and then came to New York, and I remember somebody meeting me, and, and, you know, a producer, a New York Broadway producer meeting me and mm. saying, so, are you good? And I went, ah. I just won this award, yeah. and I, yeah. went, hey. I, 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 I could I couldn't speak up for myself because I was being modest and demure. And I looked back. I'm like, honey, this is New York City. You just won this. Award. You should have said, you know what? Yes, I am, and I want you know, or something. But yeah. I I I being more ballsy in the sense of having to back it up, not just being ballsy without having the sense, but like standing up for yourself, speaking for yourself, and 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 you know, being your own. What's the word I'm looking for? Advocate. Um, ah, thank advocate. you, advocate. Agent. See, I couldn't Self even think person. of the word. It's all right. <laughs> that's what we're here for we're we're advocates of artistry (laughs) so yeah well i think and that's such a great advice for anybody just to be courageous listen to Mm -hmm. that inner voice and act Mm -hmm. on it and and don't wait for people to tell you it's all right to do it do it just go and do it as long as you're not hurting anybody you're trying to contribute to the world who cares yeah and take a step you know you talk about perfectionism Mm. i never thought i was a perfectionist until my uh, probably my therapist pointed out <laughs> how perfectionistic yeah. I am with the demands I put on myself to figure out the perfect thing to do. Wow! And in that, the amount of time that was lost, I still do it. Paralysis analysis. Instead of just even if you don't know exactly what it is or exactly what it looks like, just take a step and do something because Absolutely. it will naturally take you to the next place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I have three tips that I want to give to actors that are auditioning, things I learned through many an audition. Yeah. And the first thing is treat casting people like people. And this is if you're auditioning for anything. You're a dancer, singer, yeah. actor, whatever. Treat casting people like people. They're just human beings like you. They're not Ooh. better than you. They have a chance to give you an opportunity if you book it. But just talk to them like they're people. When I walk into an audition, I'm like, hey, how's your day going? Yeah. I talk to them like I want to be talked to. Yeah. The other thing is, during the audition plant your feet and just stand there like really you know like um, command imp- the space yeah like like grab the space yeah. yeah stand in your space you know and the other thing is that I don't leave until they say goodbye because you know for the first couple of years of auditioning I'd be in the booth like for voiceovers auditioning for something and I'd be leaving the booth and my hand on the door to leave before they even said we were done Ooh. because I was so nervous Ooh. so it's like say hi stand there be who you are and don't leave until they say you're done and the last thing I'll add to that is Pacino had a great quote and he said I don't I I never ever thought of an audition or I'm, I'm probably butchering it but here's the essence of it I never ever auditioned I just come in I do a performance and I leave yeah mm. and I love that idea which is like I come in I give my performance some days it's going to be better than others and I leave they either <laughs> going to like what they see or they don't and he said that he used to do that when he was starting out yeah he made it he, he switched there was a switch that went off and that's when he started that things started shifting and I just love that idea mm-hmm. because the audition mentality is ah and the performance is like here it is I'm offering uh, yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and look how it worked out for him oh yeah not too shabby shabby <laughs> oh and what I was thinking is claim your space yes and that's but that's advice for everybody in life yes stand there and claim your space yes what about you Callie what are some takeaways? Well, you know what's coming up for me also is as a because I'm a photographer as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that um, has always been a sidebar for me. It's something that I go through phases when I have the time, when I'm not too busy worrying about my day job. Um, where I've tried to, you know, I have an agent in Los Angeles where I periodically will get these $15 checks because there's um, photos that get rented for movie and television and commercial sets. Um, You know, I've had, um, I've sold, I don't know, over the course of my entire adult lifetime, maybe three photos. So it's been a very small, meager, modest, inconsistent thing. But a few years ago, I decided to have a show and... um, and this I offer to anybody who's a fine artist out there, whether you're a writer, a photographer, a painter, whatever it may be, an, a comedian, any art form, is just to find your space. If it's your living room and you invite yeah. friends over and you put three pieces up on a wall, the local coffee shop, instead of questioning or being insecure about it, um, I won't say that anything major came from this photo show that I had, but the idea that I had so many loved ones in one space and it was just a nice event and it just sort of... It it breathed more life into that yeah. part of me, and it was a really nice evening. Yeah. Um. So, but I had gotten so caught up in what the end result was going to be for so many years that I got in my own way, and it was really just about being present in these little moments on the timeline. Well, you know, it was really really gratifying. Well, it's like just enjoying the moment. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about that on the show so right. much. So we're getting to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. It flew by. This has been so great. Fabulous. Shirley, thank yes, you so much for being a guest. You. If people want to get a hold of you, they maybe want to use you as a coach or talk to you, how can they reach you? Or they you? want to hire me as a director. There you How's go. That? Hello. Yeah. I'm a director for hire people. Um, I direct stage and film. Um, I have a website, www.shiraleeshallot.com. And Shira Lee is a hyphen, S-H-I-R-A-L-E-E-S-H-A-L-I-T. That's my name. Um, that's so a stage name. That's <laughs> that is. That's a good stage With name. With a name like that. What did you expect, da, 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 Mom da, da, and Dad? Da, da. Yeah. <laughs> but this is great. You guys have got such a lovely thing going here. And I love your whole essence of your show. And that there's a spiritual, that's a spiritual base. I think that's really just a wonderful thing you've got going i wish you everything of the best i want everybody to hear your shows i want you to do (laughs) to go national and uh, thank you for having me this was a really lovely evening thank you so much thank you for being here here. you're lovely thank you so much will you direct our future Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll talk. Let's talk. We'll talk Your after people. the after the we'll show. Talk to my people. There you go. We'll work it out. Sing us out, Rob. <laughs> oh boy. Morning glow. <laughs> and you know. <laughs>
So this is the end of another episode of the Rob and Callie Show. If you want a life coaching session with me, you can go to robk.com. And Callie, people can get a hold of you. CallieAlpert.com. There we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, y'all.